Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the H2O Podcast. I am Timothy Harvey. And I am Jason Hunt. And tonight, video game movies. Mortal Kombat is out in theaters. This is the 2021 reboot of the franchise that uh, the film franchise had two films. Um, There was meant to be three, but Mortal Kombat Annihilation, the second, did not do terribly well. Consequently, the third film never happened, and quite a few years passed before Mortal Kombat came out. And having watched the most recent attempt at the Mortal Kombat film franchise... Less than stellar. So it's a real interesting mixed bag because there's a lot of potential here with what they've got going on. Yeah. From their willingness to lean into the violence of the games, which is what made the games popular in the first place. Um, the the fantasy sort of horror fantasy mix you've got going on, the level of martial arts. Uh, you actually have talented martial artists in the in this film. Um and yet, the best for, for on, on my personal opinion, okay, and let's, let's qualify this, because I have friends who quite like this movie, and that's great. Yeah. That's absolutely fine. And I hope they get a sequel, because there, there is potential here. But it, for me, it was a disappointment. It didn't ruin Mortal Kombat for me, because the whole ruin, such and such ruin things for me, I think is ridiculous. But it is a, um, it's an example of what can happen when a film, when people behind a film have a plan for multiple films. So the basic, what they decided to do was, they basically envisioned this as a three-part story, right? right? The first film is before the Mortal Kombat competition. The second film is the Mortal Kombat competition. And the third film is what happens after. So essentially, you have a Mortal Kombat movie Mm -hmm. That doesn't actually have the Mortal Kombat competition in it. <laughs> so this is the prequel to the game. Uh, sort of. And yeah. the second movie would be the game. Mm-hmm. And then the third movie would be whatever happens after the game. Right. right. So, which is fine. This is absolutely, you know, by all means, if you're a storyteller and you have an arc you want to tell, this is, this is people do this all the time. The problem with films, however is that what you're not guaranteed when you make a movie is that you're going to get a sequel. Yeah. And so, so my, I'm, I'm hopeful because of the potential, this film, the, this, this cast, this crew, what, what they accomplished in the film. But uh, sad to say, folks, beyond the first 10 minutes, <laughs> I, thought the, I, I honestly thought the first 10, minute was, 10 minutes was fantastic. It's, it's martial arts. Um, it sets up certain aspects of the story. I'm going to try and stay spoiler light here. Obviously, if you haven't seen it yet, by all means, folks, I encourage you to watch it, make your own decisions. Um, But after that, it starts to drag. And there's a middle section. The film's almost two hours long. Mm -hmm. And there's a middle section. It's a training sequence section. And it goes on for 20 minutes too long. 
You mean it's a montage? No. Oh. It's not a montage. Oh. It's long sequences with the training. And and that's fine. Again, folks, this is, you know, the, there's conscious decisions in, in how they're telling their story here. Right. And like I said, I have friends who enjoyed the film. And they were like, I really love the movie. I'm like, well, that's great. I, in the middle of the movie, I'm starting to lose interest. And then the end of the film wrapped up very quickly as far as I'm concerned. So, um, and as a writer, I look at things a certain way. And as an editor, I look at things a certain way. I'm aware of these, you know, built-in biases is a fair, is a fair term. I mean, this is, I have my preferences and I have, I have my experience with dealing with this stuff. So, but... Uh, I I have to admit it. I got my hopes up with the trailer, and uh, I to me to me it's a disappointment. Yeah, but you know again you know it's, uh, uh, there are some there are some good moments. There are some wonderfully over the top kills, which is of course what you expect from a mortal whole, combat. Yeah, that's the whole point of the of, of all of it, um, right? And uh, and yet some of them came awfully fast. It's just like. That, that's it. That's. Are, are, are you sure? <laughs> oh no, they're definitely dead. So yeah. that is that is in fact their spine. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, and and I have to apologize for anybody that's that's watching on this. I'm I'm hopefully not distracting too many people. I'm looking at at some tech over here, and uh, normally when we're doing the show, I monitor. Uh, through my mobile device, you know, I put my I put my cell phone down. I've got it playing over here, so I can see. Because sometimes the chat window doesn't always show me everything, so I'm looking in a couple of different places to make sure that I'm keeping up. And it sure. wasn't loading. I was seeing the video, and everything else was blank. And I was like, "What? What? What is this doing? What's going on?" But now it's working. But um, our transmission to Odyssey apparently is still lagging. Um, we, I still haven't figured out the bitrate on this yet. They've they've given recommendations between one and between one and two thousand uh, kilobytes, megabyte kilobytes per second or whatever. And I'm like, well, that doesn't work. And twenty five hundred is not working. I've got it set at I think four thousand now, and it's still it's still buffering mm -hmm. and lagging. I was like, guys, dude, this I can't. We can't keep doing this. So I don't know. It's it's been a really interesting experiment uh, because I'm able to send them feedback and ask them questions, and they've been fairly responsive and say, you know, this is this is how you do this, and this is why we did this, and whatever. Sure. But the bit rate and the buffering, there's like, well, is it buffering anywhere else? I'm like, no, I'm simulcasting to three different places, and it's it should i have it at a different bit rate if i'm sending it to more than one place i mean is there can you write you know and so far they've been pretty good about you know giving giving me information but but yeah as as i'm looking at all of this i was like oh hey your face is frozen in a very interesting uh moment there so, uh but yeah it's it's one of those things now i have not seen the mortal kombat movie yet and and i will admit that I didn't see the previous ones. Now, is that correct me if I'm wrong here? That's that's Chun Li and and that set, right? Or is that a different one? That's a different one. That's a different one. Okay, <clears throat> all right. So this is um, uh, Liu Kang 
and Sonya Blade and okay. uh, Jax, um, Raiden. Um, See, I didn't and, play that and, video game either. So. Well, and, that, and so that's one of the interesting things is that <clears throat> when the video game was new, I mean, I was in college when the video game came out. Mm-hmm. And we played it all the time. I was not good at it. I, there's just, I mean, it was it was more fun for me to watch it than play it because yeah. I just, for whatever reason, that kind of video game with the, you know, you have to hit the buttons in a certain way to do the combos and so just never was my skill set. It just wasn't one of those things. And I, but I always enjoyed watching people play it because it, it, it's an entertaining, you know, over the top fighting game. But it, it runs into the same problem that both, both the first two films way back when in the 90s and, and this one run into one of the, I think, the fundamental flaw with making a video game movie is that a significant chunk of the video games that we like, all these really like classic games, is like, oh, they're making a movie. Yep. Don't actually have stories. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, well, it's uh, you could extrapolate sometimes just based on what kind of characters you had, what kind of scenario it was. But yeah, Mortal, well, Mortal Kombat wouldn't wouldn't necessarily. Well, I guess it does kind of lend itself because of the whole competition thing. So, so but, Mortal Kombat has a premise, right? Mm, it's, right? So there's this competition between this other place, this is extra dimensional uh, uh, conqueror. Who wishes to conquer Earth, and there's this competition for who's going to, you know, if if they win, then Earth falls. All these things. So right. there's a premise, right? There's a setup, and you have characters who are competing against each other. And okay, so you have good versus evil, and and so so the elements are there to build a story, right? But a lot of video games, um, what, what you don't actually have in Mortal Kombat is characters. Yes, you have characters that you are. Playing, but they're but types. they aren't. They're they're functions. They're, they're surface level. Characters, yeah, right? it's, yeah. It's, they're you know, uh, Johnny Cage is the the you know he's the Hollywood actor who's slick and stylish and he does all you know. But <laughs> so there's a there you can build and you can build a character off that idea. You know, Sonya Blade's got a military background. Um, you know, you've got Sub Zero and Scorpion with this rivalry. So you can build you can build these things. Yeah, but it's only a starting point. Yeah, it's a start-off yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, and then you look at something like, um, you know, there's a flip side to that, of course, which is you have something like Silent Hill or some of these horror, you know, immersive horror games mm-hmm. that do have stories. There's a plot. Yeah. You're following along a series of events that take you down a story path. And so it makes it, it gives you a certain amount of uh, guideline. We saw with the, like the first Silent Hill movie while it is not a completely faithful adaptation of the game, it follows a lot of the story beats that the games do. <clears throat> well, and and one think, of the issues with the sequel is that it didn't. Yeah. So. Well, well, I think the other thing that's part of that is when we were of an age, video games didn't really tell stories. You right. had, I think one of the first ones was Dragon's Lair. 
and you had the Don Bluth animations up in the screen up top of the of the thing, and you played it, and you had the various different scenarios because you know here he is, Dirk Daring is is going to to rescue the princess or whatever. And video games have evolved past the point where we're continuously trying to get ET out of the pit, and now there's actually a little bit more to the story, but, but it's taken us a long while to get there because a lot of, a lot of video games, and I still am trying to wrap my head around the idea of some of these games, whether they're board games or video games, getting movie adaptations, like you're talking about. Some of them don't have any kind of plot, don't have any kind of a story. I don't know how you're going to do shoots and ladders or a candy land or or whatever. I was like, what would be the point to all of that? I'm still waiting for Pong 2, The Revenge. <laughs> In 3D. Because... And, and then Pong 3D. Because I you just, you just skip Pong, by the way. You just yeah. actually go directly. The first Pong movie is Pong 2, The Revenge. Yeah. 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 And it's just, so it's, it's the way that Hollywood does this, right? So mm-hmm. they, there's an IP. It's intellectual property. Yeah. And there's a, there's a built-in fan base. Consequently... There's a market for the movie now. Well, you know you've already got a you've already got an asteroids movie, right? It was, it's yeah. it's buried in the middle of of the Empire Strikes Back, but that movie's already been made. Well, we and, and some of them again. are like you know you 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 consider that some of the ones that haven't actually been made. Mm-hmm. You keep expecting to get a Metroid movie. I could see which, them making Missile Command. Well, see, so so there's some of these that you can build, you can extrapolate a story in, mm-hmm. just by the premise and the sequence of events, right? So, so something like um, Missile Command, there's a there's a tense military thriller potentially there, right? Right. Um, that if you 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 would need to sit there and treat it like it was a military thriller as opposed to a video game adaptation, yeah, um, which has its own challenges, of course. We, there's there's a science fiction movie called Battleship. <laughs> yeah, funny you should mention that because Sci-Fi Snob just mentioned that when he's like, Monopoly the movie, what's next? Battleship the movie. Yeah, Monopoly, how to, how to succeed without really trying? Is that, is that would that be a Monopoly movie? How to movie? succeed in business? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know what, to a certain degree. Maybe. Um, I think I think that there's there's a fair thing to go with like a spiritual adaptation of something versus an adaptation of something. Yeah, um, you can look at something like uh, the Tomb Raider movies, right? So they are, uh, and and one of the things that the Tomb Raider films got right, with varying degrees of quality, and whether or not you enjoyed, you know, whichever ones you prefer, they all have their fans. Mm-hmm. They all have, and they they all did pretty well at the box office. There's no question that they actually were, you know, yeah. uh, successful films. Well, in the most recent one, you talk about being faithful to an adaptation, you know, a faithful adaptation. That's the one that tells the origin story that we got in the most recent video game, which we had never, we'd never really gotten before. So, right, and, one, and they did a pretty good job with with the basic, you know, when you consider that Tomb Raider essentially started off as. What if Indiana Jones was a woman in a tight T-shirt? Tank top. Uh, uh, Snob says, Missile Command, the movie, was already made. It's called War Games. I, I, would, I would halfway agree 
Because if you're going to do a real, if you're going to do a, a, a decent missile command, then you have to actually have the missiles hitting parts of your compound to, to, to level up the danger, as it were, to amp things up. Because at the, at the end of Act 1 is when the missiles start falling. And at the end of Act 2, they're coming down all over the place, and you've got that last-minute save that you've got to come up with. And, and I don't even know that you could do that as a feature. I'd, I'd think you could do it as a, as a short film and just knock it out and be done. 20 minutes. Have you ever seen the Peter Weller film Screamers? No. So it's an adaptation of, of a Philip K. Dick mm-hmm. uh, story. And it takes a significant number of liberties with the source material. Big shocker. It's Philip K. Dick, Philip K. Dick adaptation. And it's an entertaining B science fiction movie. Peter Weller just has a wonderful time in it. Um, but it might actually be the closest thing you can get to a missile command story without being a missile command film. Yeah. Because the basic premise is there's a war on. And at some point in the war, one side sat there and went, hey, we'll, we can make a, a mechanical version of this thing that doesn't involve people. And therefore, you know, essentially, essentially it's drone warfare, right? Right. But it's a desert planet, so these things go into the ground. And then the other side goes, aha, <clears throat> that's what they're doing. We'll make a better one. And they keep escalating until finally they're humanoid. And the one of the most efficient ones is a small little boy going, you know, help me. Mm. And by the time the film is escalating, there's all these different mechanical things trying to kill Peter Weller. Right. And it's that sort of escalation that you get in a game like Missile Command, where it starts off with the one missile coming in and you deflect. And then all of a sudden, you know, by the time it's done, there's just, you're, you're getting buried alive. Um, it's a siege story. And essentially, but the problem is, is that in terms of a story, I think outside of the video game world, we are, we all know that if enough missiles fall down upon your head, mm-hmm. the story's over. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't know, uh, I don't know if you saw this, um, uh, today we talked about this on, uh, on live from the bunker. You've got this project Kiwi from Disney Imagineering. Have you seen this? I have not. This is a, a a new robotics project that they've got, and let me let me hit play here, and you can see uh, some of this. We talked about this a little bit, but you talk about the drones, you know, becoming more advanced and then becoming humanoid. They've got so much articulation and detail into this thing. And it's it's been a while since they've started development, but now you have, you know, you have this thing skinned as Baby Groot. That's a robot, and it's walking by itself. So and everything up until Baby Groot came out reminded me of the film Saturn Three. Oh yes. <laughs> and that's not a great comparison, a folks. Thing. But can you imagine? We were talking about this day. You know, if Disney Imagineering can get this thing really, really dialed in, 
they're not going to need uh, they're not going to need actors at, at the at the theme parks anymore. They just they'll just you know they'll just do do animatronics all over the place and and um, then they don't have to pay they don't have to pay salaries. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's still probably going to be cheaper to to hire a person <laughs> than it is to mass produce those things. I maybe. Maybe. Well, you, you've seen the robot dog, right? That's yeah. now actually, there was, I think New York City has one with their police department now? Yeah, a lot of them do. They're not cheap. No, they're not. They're not. And, and they're disturbing. Um, I, uh, they're just, see, uh, they, if, they don't if, look right. Right. But <laughs> if Disney is doing this internally, you know, they can absorb the cost because they're, they're basically paying themselves. Because you know they're you know the the theme park pays Imagineering and the money just it's 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 still all Disney's money and they're just moving it from one place to another. Okay, Jason. Based <laughs> on the amount of ask yourself this question: How many computer issues have you had in the last week? Oh, I know, but I doubt they're running Windows. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's, it's gotta, scalable. It's, it's, it's got to all. If you, got, if, you got a, if you got a thing walking around, I know, uh, I know. you know it's 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 issue potential issues grow. Just I'm telling you, you know, <laughs> if they see, this was the missing piece. Okay, so Google buys Disney. Google buys Facebook. Google reads Facebook. Uses <laughs> the animatronic robots from Disney. To wipe out humanity. See, that was the missing piece. See, you although, know, you know, I'm sorry. I've, I use <laughs> Google Maps all the time. And I'm sorry until they <laughs> solve the fact that it, no. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, you know. Robert in the chat says, Dr. Strangelove is missile command without missiles. So, Dr. Strangelove is the satire about missile command without the missiles. Okay. So I'll add that extra layer, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, that's not too far off. Um, I, you know, it's interesting. You can you end up with some of these things that potentially could work with a video game movie because it does have a story. And then we we see something like you know, The Last of Us is getting a TV series, right? Yeah. It's a it's a limited run series essentially. Um, and but there's a lot of story in a game like The Last of Us, right? So it's you have some advantages there. You have characters who are developed and. And enough people have played the game to understand what the basic storyline is. But if you're not a fan of the game, if you've never played the game, there's enough elements there to build your story and character development, all that stuff out of. You don't have to, you don't have to build it from scratch. Yeah. Um, where, you know, in some of these films, you do. And some video game films just completely ignore what a the video game is about or b what made the game popular um what was that one oh um was it was it freddie prince jr was in it um wing commander you remember that one wing commander uh-huh yeah i don't remember cuz i never played the game i i don't remember at the time any discussion one way or the other as to how faithful it was. But I want to say, I don't know, there's something in the back of my head that's saying that they got pretty close. But I, I don't know. I, I can't speak to that 100% one way or the other. But I recall it was a 
reasonably faithful to the broad strokes. Yeah. Which to some degree, and certainly at the time the film came out, and this is 1999, um, that was sort of the was expectation. Was it that long you don't, uh, the, the, again, what we expect out of our pop culture movies has changed, right? So yeah. when video game, when we start, first started getting video game movies, you know, you look at something like, oh, I don't know, Mario Brothers. And <laughs> the vast majority of people didn't like that movie because it wasn't a good adaptation of the game. They didn't like that movie because it was a bad movie. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you have this amazing cast, if it's a bad film. But the fans who loved the games, of course, who were a significant chunk of the audience, sat there and went, oh, no, what are you doing? This is, you know, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Um, but this is also the time period, you know, then this is the 90s. So you've got Street Fighter, Wing Commander. Um, you've got the Mortal Kombat movies. You've got... There was, uh, a D, there was a D&D movie about that time, too, there's wasn't there? There was a D&D there? movie. I mean, that's not a video game, but it's, it's a, it's a game-based film. Uh, and I would, I would say that, that a D&D film probably has a better shot at having a plot because basically in order to come up with something, all you've got to do is just basically run a game. And have well, your have your director and your and your writer sitting there and, and we just chronicle what happens in the game and there's the movie. That's, that's the premise of a bunch of different gaming podcasts that wow. you can find out in the world because that's essentially what it is. They've, they're playing a game and there's a certain amount of dramatization to it. So they actually make it a little more than just listening to, you know, six people sitting around playing a game. Um, but so the expectation has grown. I mean, when, when you look at, when you look at what, we expect from our TV and movies now in science fiction and fantasy and horror on TV and, and in films, mm-hmm. you know, you don't, you can't, you can't half-ass it. I mean, you can't just yeah. sit there and go, you can't Yui bowl all over the place. <laughs> Do and you, he did. Yeah. I mean, you look at House of the Dead, which is a, uh, one of those arcade shooters. So you basically you've got the you've got the plastic gun on the cord, and you sit there and shoot the zombies. Right. Um, the best part about that film is Jurgen Prochnow slumming it bad for a paycheck. <laughs> and uh, maybe he was a, a fan of the game, huh? He might have been a fan of the game. Uh, I, I possibly um, playing a character named Captain Kirk, and there's a there's a Star Trek joke in there, mm-hmm. and. That's the best part of the movie, folks. It's a movie about zombies and pretty people in, in swimsuits fighting zombies. And the best part of the movie is the Das Boat star <laughs> picking up a paycheck. As Captain Kirk. As, as a guy, as a Captain in Kirk, yeah. Sci-Fi Sob says, I've said it before, the second human AI war, this is, this is spoilers for the future here, the second human AI war was fought with Groot bots on the AI side. See, that's what the Terminator got wrong. You don't dress up. You don't dress up the Terminators as humans. You dress up the Terminator as, as our our favorite cartoon characters and comic book characters. And and well, and then you then your Five Nights at Freddy's, you know, Chuck E. Cheese's. Here's where here's where the 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 reality of taking things to that 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 deeper level comes in. 
Mm. So we got we have the Dune movie coming come, coming out. And the backstory to the Dune universe is that they don't use, well, some of them do, but the vast majority of people don't use AI. And because there was something called, uh, uh, well, it, it's, it's a long story. But essentially, they reached the point where they basically they banned the use of thinking machines. Mm-hmm. And now, in, this is now just to clarify, because we're talking about video game movies. You're talking about Frank Herbert's Dune. I'm talking about not, Frank Herbert's Dune. Not Doom, the video game. Right, exactly. Yeah, that, okay, we, all right. We can talk about that those movies in a minute. Yeah. Uh, but the idea wasn't that the machines was an uprising. And this this has been changed for the prequel and sequel novels that that Herbert's son and... and, and uh, Kevin Anderson. And, you know, have, have done. But in the original novel, the, the implication is that mankind got too lazy because the thinking machines made our lives too easy. Mm. And the reason that this the, the ban came was because someone sat there and went, um, this isn't going to be a bad thing if we keep going. We're all going to lose our skills and grow fat, dumb, and complacent like they did in WALL-E. Well, that, but also the fact that one of the underlying themes in Dune is the fact that humanity, humanity is its own worst enemy. Sure. We're really, really good at sabotaging ourselves. Um, and, uh, of course, in the, in the spinoff novels, it's turned it into this fight between AI and humanity. But the original premise was that, you know, it's going to do us in by us turning around and going, wait a minute, we've been conquered and we didn't even notice. Mm-hmm. So there's a charming thought. Anyway, um, on to <laughs> Doom. <laughs> uh, you know, so the problem, that, so there's two Doom movies. Actually, there's three, I think. I think there's an animated one. Uh, I remember maybe? right, but I don't, re- I think so. But um, if you have a very bad memory of the Doom movie and wonder why when it stars Carl Urban and The Rock, um, well, it's an example of how to get a movie really, really wrong. Uh, and there's there's one that has a very simple and straightforward premise that you would think you couldn't screw up. Yeah. Alien, or there, there's a portal on Mars that opens a door to hell. You have to fight the demons that come out of the portal. Right, like how yeah. hard is this to screw up? <laughs> well, folks, the answer to that question is they did it at least twice. Yeah. Aren't they talking about? Do- they're talking about doing another one, right? Mm, yeah. So I think Ben Wheatley, um, who's directed a, a lot of horror, is really interested in doing one. And, and there's there's an acknowledgement that no one's gotten the Doom movies right. right. And and I think the last one they the last one they gender bent and flipped and had a female lead. Well, they had a female lead, but the thing is that none of the characters are they're not it's not the Isn't there a main soldier character in that in in that well, franchise? There generally is, but you Cuz Master Chief is over on Halo. Right, right. Which right. is getting the thing, the, a series. The, the thing about the Doom movies or the Doom stories in the you're a faceless character. So anybody yeah. playing it, you can, you can fill yourself in. It's traditionally envisioned like a space Marine. Um, and so whether, whether or not the lead is, is male or female, that's the least important part of a doom story is 
are there demons? Are they scary? Mm-hmm. Does it feel like you're going to die every second? If you capture those three things, you've got a Doom movie, kids. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, haven't done it yet. Snob in the chat says the Butlerian Jihad. Uh, he's he he's thinking. Oh yeah, no, it, it was mentioned. It mentioned was mentioned in the, in the originals. It was mentioned in the originals, uh, but it was uh, it wasn't the big AI um, uh, humanity war that uh, there was. The AIs were on one side. It wasn't. It wasn't Sky, uh, Skynet situation. It was yeah. You know, no, it, yeah. It, like anything else. Like anything else with Herbert. Um, there's a lot of layers to what he's talking about. Yeah. I mean, he just you know he he mixed in politics and social commentary and 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 religion uh, and economics in a way that very few science fiction authors ever have. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing on on something when you're looking at something like Doom, where you have the not a generic. I mean, you have you have the generic like Robert says, Doom hero is Doom guy. Uh, right. You have, and like you were talking about before, with some of these, with some of these, like with Mortal Kombat, how the characters are very flat, one-dimensional. They don't have a whole lot of depth. There's not a lot of character development. Whereas in something with Doom, there's no character development. You don't have a character other than you know your self-insert basically. And here you are. You have a gun. You have a mission, and go shoot people. You know, go go shoot the the demons coming out of the portal, where you have now. Uh, you know, in you know, even going back to the Final Fantasy movies, uh, the animated stuff, mm-hmm. you have probably more depth in some of those than you would in something like Doom. And, and Doom, you have the premise: we shoot the demons coming out of the portal from hell on Mars. But there's no story because you don't have any characters, so right, all of that is, has is that, to be has to be created out of whole cloth. Well, yes and no, because with a film like Doom, if you bring in twenty five percent story, just enough to hang the scenario on, introduce your character, you know, and and the other soldiers with them or, uh-huh. or whatever, which is which is what both both. Doom films got okay. I'm not going to say they got it right, but they got it okay. Here's a situation. Here's the team of, you know, soldiers, and they go in, and they all die terribly, right? Oh, um, I just had a thought. You know what you could do? A remake of Doom. Well, the next Doom, let me, let me, let me make sure I get this right. The next Doom you give to John Carpenter and he can remake Ghost of Mars as the next Doom. So, <laughs> so two things. First, the best Doom movie is Aliens. Yeah. Okay, that's the best Doom movie. The second, Ghost of Mars is one of my least favorite John Carpenter <laughs> films. There's so much cool premise to it and the execution is really disappointing wouldn't you want him to have another chance at it but here's the thing you could take ghosts of mars and take that cast they're a little Mm -hmm. older now ice cube and natasha henstridge i'm on board with this yep and uh and throw them and essentially they could they could be you know the two of them could be a, a a split up doom guy 
and they can fight the ghost of Mars. Is uh, yes, the, the, the premise is there. The vampires were the opening salvo, the first vanguard in the wave coming out of the portal. Where did they come from? We've we've found the portal. We've got to go back. Well, I mean, the premise is essentially there. So yeah. I, I I think that that actually would be so. Carpenter, Guillermo del Toro, because visually, if nothing else, your nightmares would never be the same. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also, it's like, you know, I, quite frankly, getting del Toro to make a video game movie feels a little bit he's made like, a com- He's made comic book movies. I know. I know. Um, but I'd rather have him get the chance to make his At the Mountains of Madness, for example. I don't know that no. he's ever going to. He's not. A to he's not. I, I would love it if he is, but I don't believe it's ever going to happen. No. Um, but you know, you can, you can have a franchise of video games films, like the Resident Evil films with Mila Jovovich. Yeah. Okay. These are the first game. The first film was not a great adaptation, but it was in the ballpark. Mm-hmm. And then it just became a bunch of films from Mila Jovovich to run around blowing stuff up. Like you do. Now, there's an audience for that. Don't misunderstand. And, I, and quite frankly, I enjoyed a significant chunk of them as movies I could put on and, you know, clean the apartment. Right. Um, because they're not great movies. But they're fun. I need to sit and watch those because I've, I've seen bits and pieces. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think my hang-up... Not really that I've been resistant to watch them. My lack of interest. Anytime I hear zombie, I I just check out. I'm like, I sure. it's you know I'm not a big horror fan, and when you get into the the whole zombie apocalypse thing, I just you know I roll my eyes and I'm thinking, well, okay, fine. That's that's what that movie is. But I pr- just just to be thorough, and and a, you know. <laughs> Better at my job, I guess you could say. I probably should sit and watch those. It, it, I would, I would be inclined to sit and watch those before I watch Star Trek Discovery. So oh, they are just not. Um, they're not scary. They're ac- they're action yeah. movies with uh, Mila Jovovich being Mila Jovovich in an action movie. There's again, you know, there's she's actually a very talented actress. If you give her material to work with, that doesn't involve her. <laughs> You know, in skin tight clothes, blowing stuff up. Nothing wrong with that. If that, you know, there again, there's a market for it, and and she's built quite a career off doing that sort yeah. of thing. But um, it's not really so term- much the the scare factor as just you know it's jump scares, splatter fest, gore fest. You know, those kind of things. I'm just they like, even they don't even they don't even give it that much. I mean, yeah. I think there's there's moments of it, and and I think. In the first couple of films, they lean into that a lot more, where it becomes it's it's survival horror, right? You know, is is a genre of gaming, and and at least at the beginning, there's a little bit of that. But as the films progress, it really turns a lot more into here's here's a mindless horde of zombies. Get the big guns, boom, boom, kablam! And <laughs> and again, there's a, there's an audience for it. The the films were very successful, yeah. But there's a reason we're getting a reboot. Again, you know, we're getting this new uh, Resident Evil film, which goes back to the source material and is going back to the 
you know, adapting the the story. And that's one of the things about survival survival horror that makes it, I think, a good candidate for for films is that most survival story has a plot. Yeah. There's a serial. You're trying to survive, yes, obviously, hence the name, but there's actually a series of sequences you are moving through that make up a larger story. And if you go down, and and there's also, there's an element of the choose-your-own-adventure mm-hmm. in these stories, where if you go down this path, these things will happen to you. Yeah. And if you go down this path, these things will happen to you. And if you go down this path, that thing with no face just ate your soul. So let me <laughs> ask you this. Given, given that, do you think it's possible to make a movie based on Fortnite, for example? So Fortnite is essentially a science fiction story. Right. Where you've got sort of char- you've got characters that, and I have not played Fortnite, so so the the few folks I've, who have I've and watched can speak to people them. play it. I mean, you've got the island. Yeah, everybody gets dropped right. down, and you. One of the things that intrigues me, and I don't know exactly. You know, I'm, again, I'm I'm coming at this from just an outsider, just watching every now and again. As the storm comes in, I guess it's acid rain or some some something that. If you're caught out in it, it can kill you. So you have these, you know, ticking clocks. You know, you're you're on the clock to get out, and get under shelter, or get whatever. And you know, you whoever is in the game, you're all fighting against each other unless you team up and you've got teams and whatnot. But it's the the scenario is there for some kind of most dangerous game type of, of scenario, I would think. Maybe? Well, there's there's certainly... Um, I think some of the best video game stories pull from some of these big things. So you have your, you have your science fiction things, you have your post-apocalyptic stories, you've got your survival games that are set in a science fiction setting. To some degree, Fortnite falls into that category. Yeah. You've got um, adventure stories, the Laura Croft. You know, it's it's the it's the uh, cliffhanger, Indiana Jones, um, serialized kind of storytelling things. So, right. So this is some of these, some of these these ideas that we've got built into our our entertainment that don't involve video games. Right. Are are have moved over into how we look at playing games. Now, there's this doesn't mean you don't have a place for. You know, obviously, there's racing games and there's baseball games and there's you know there's sports games which have a different structure. Obviously, they're built around how the sport works. But you get into a lot of these science fiction games. That's why you're getting a film like Free Guy, which is not adapting any one particular game, but it's pulling from so many other different yeah. you know games that we all recognize if you're a, if you're a pop paying attention to pop culture. Whether well, you're a gamer or not, it's like Ready Player One, mm-hmm. and and Ready Player Two probably because mm-hmm. well, it's you're not it, it was the same kind of thing. You're you're diving into, and it, and I get it. It's not it's not video game based. You're you're pulling from a lot of different things pop culture wise, but he's inside about- he's inside a, a a virtual universe a virtual world where all of this stuff happens so it's it's essentially kind of like a video game 
it's the, the the weird thing about Ready Player One for me is that I'm pretty sure Sims was a thing <laughs> when he wrote Ready Player One. And yet, as much as I and I, I enjoyed the book for what it was, it's not one of my favorite novels, but mm-hmm. I was I, I was entertained. But one thing I took away from it was he needed to spend more time playing Sims because it doesn't, he doesn't, there's some, there's something just not very authentic about the inside, the game, the, the, this artificial, this this online world. It doesn't ever quite, I mean, it's a, as someone who was born in 1970, was a teenager in the eighties. It's a lovely nostalgia ride. Oh yeah. But it doesn't have, there's this, there's this weird sense of, it's like, you haven't spent a whole lot of time in virtual worlds, have you? And, and that may not be fair. He may have spent a ton of it, but it just didn't come across that way to me. How old, just, how old is Ernie Klein? Do you know? I don't know. He's not our age, I don't think. I want to say he's not too far off. I mean, he's the, he wrote it because he's got the same nostalgia issues yeah. for the 80s. So, but it just, it's, you know, I mean... Uh, leaving aside a lot of the the ickier aspects of, of some of the story, it it there's a certain there's a reason why it made a, uh, it's an appealing book for adapting into a film because you get to pull from all these different visual references. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it also the the film has a similar problem in that it confuses a bunch of cool visual references. For an engaging story, so you, you're, you've got one at the expense of the other. Sort well, of. and I think that's part of the problem with video game films. A lot of <laughs> video game films, no. um, and you know, you so you have a thing like the. Okay, so there's three parts to that. You've got the the the, the spectacle. You've got faithfulness to the game, right? And then you've got engaging story. And those three things kind of need to be in balance mm-hmm. because fa- being super faithful to a game can also kill your movie because video games are a different medium. Yeah. They have to be adapted. But you've got to have the visual spectacle of film. So you've got to have that. And then you've still got to have an engaging story. A film like Max Payne, very popular video game. Um, and I think I've I think I've played it once. Again, not that particular, not a not a not my biggest uh, area of interest, but I've seen playthroughs and things like that. I know I know what the basic premise is. Right. And I watched the movie and thought to myself, first of all, in what universe? they think Mark Wahlberg was the person to put in this movie? <laughs> and secondly, have any of these people ever seen a film noir film? And third, could you turn on the lights? And what, it, it's just, I mean, there's so many things wrong with the film. Noir you means dark. We both made it. Noir means dark. You don't have lights. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, doesn't mean it's... <laughs> well... And, and funny you should mention that. It was funny because we've started uh, we've started watching Star Trek Voyager at at home, because I'm taking I'm, I'm taking Mrs. Boss through all of these different things. We're watching DS Nine and Stargate Atlantis and and, mm-hmm. and Voyager, and um, 
it's uh, interesting. We had one that was just on. It, it's its first season. Uh, it's the episode where Tom Paris is convicted of murder, and they put the memory engrams in his in his brain, so he has to relive the murder from the victim's perspective every fourteen hours or so. Right, right. And as I'm watching this, it's never struck me before, but for some reason, it hit me this time. If you turn it black and white and set it in the 30s, it's the exact same story. It, it plays out beat for beat. It's, it's, a, it's a 1930s noir episode. You know, this whole murder mystery where Tuvok's got to figure it out. But the, the whole, you know, the reveal of who did it, Everybody is gathered together. I mean, I was like, I was like, wait a minute. Have you seen? <laughs> I saw this on Twitter. My rare forays into Twitter beyond just stuff posting stuff for work. But there's some guy who sat there and did Columbo in the in the Star Wars universe. Oh no, I haven't seen that. So it's things like. It's really interesting that you're talking about Dark Sidious because I've heard that that's not a story you would have heard from a regular Jedi. So I have to ask you, sir, how did you hear about that? Oh, that's fun. Oh, wait, just one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> and there's he, he did a, he did a thread of them where it's just like pictures of Peter Falk in the stand, you know, in the, uh-huh. and then some Star Wars thing. It's like. You know, telling Jar Jar that he he was you know he couldn't have the emperor emperor couldn't couldn't have done it without him. It's like, oh, you know, I I've been tricked. I'm afraid so, Mister Binks. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's just it's. I thought it was really clever. That's funny. And then he edited together a video. So it's the opening of, um, I think it's the second. Maybe it's Attack of the Clones. I can't remember, but it's, I think it's the second or the third of the prequels. And it's the it's the Columbo logos oh yeah and, and but it's over the footage so it's just like you know that logo type you know peter falk stars in you know i think it was, <laughs> I think it was attack of the clones but there are a lot of those very clever. yeah we because uh you you look and and see uh there there are quite a few of them now for the mandalorian for example um mashing up uh opening title sequences from uh, and a lot of them are from the '80s, you know, you know, Magnum sure. PI and Chips and and all these others, where you're taking, uh, you're taking the footage from the new show and modeling the the title sequence from the old show, and you know, a lot of them are finding the fonts and matching it up and doing all the animations yeah. and everything. It's 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 rather clever. We've actually done one ourselves. Mm-hmm. So. I, uh, I think more people need more Columbo in your life. So, folks, if you have not actually checked out uh, the Peter Falk Columbo series, as much as I love Kate Mulgrew, Mrs. Columbo, Miss, Mrs. Columbo, uh, I, I you know I, I can't recommend it with as much uh, enthusiasm as as uh, Peter Falk's run as Columbo. There is some, and if you go back to the original Columbo movie, the very first one, I want to say it was a TV movie way back when he. Young Peter Falk looks remarkably like young Bill Shatner. Yeah, I've seen those. They pictures. could have they could have played brothers without and, and been very very believable. Yeah. Um. Uh. And uh, but yeah, just just fun fun stuff. 
And, you know, I think it's, I think there's, you can see an example of a really, really good high budget attempt at doing storytelling that's baked into the world Mm. that doesn't quite work with something like Warcraft. This is a big budget fantasy picture. Yeah. It had, you know, a really, at a really solid voice cast. Um, You know, this was not, um, this wasn't a cheap project, but the story wasn't fresh enough. It felt too much like your stand. It felt too much like Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings, and there wasn't enough new mm-hmm. there to to engage an audience who might be interested in it because they watched Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, and yet, you know, it's it's a solidly made. It's not a bad movie. It's just not particularly great. Well, and that's something that you could say for a lot of those early ones, whether it's video game movies or comic book movies. I mean, you look at Steel, for example, or, or, you know, early Spider-Man, you know, Spider-Man, Captain America, the Marvel stuff that was on TV. Now, some of that doesn't age well. Right, and and then you get somebody like uh, Ming Na Wen as Chin Li, and she doesn't age at all. Well, there's that too. She will outlive us all. She probably will. Well, she and Keith Richards and Betty White. The last, the last three standing after the machine apocalypse. <laughs> now that's that's a movie you could make. I, you know what? Now I, I really want to see the film where the you know the 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 final defenders of humanity are Ming Na Wen, Keith what? Richards, and Betty White. You got to have a fourth one. You got to have a fourth one. Who who would who would oh, your fourth one? Oh, I don't know. I just do you need a fourth one? I think those three just that's well, yeah, because they face off against the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah. So you need okay. a fourth. We'll have to, we'll have to ponder that, but that's a uh, <laughs> dear Hollywood. We have got a story for you. Send your checks to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, and I, I think that I think that you can get you can get video game films right. Yeah. And even and not even do straight adaptations or or riff on ideas because you see like uh, uh, Detective Pikachu. Mm-hmm. Right. So I mean, it takes it takes the the broad premise of the game, but it it built it on an original story. Yeah. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog. I haven't seen it, but people seem to have liked it. Yeah. Once they fixed the teeth. Once they fixed it. Once they fixed everything. Uh, Sci-Fi Snipes is the last, the fourth person has to be comic relief. So you're, you're, you know, Betty, Betty well, White. Unfortunately, Rodney Dangerfield is gone because <laughs> that would be. That would be, wouldn't it? Oh, uh, well, so you get, you get Patton Oswalt. Bill Murray. You know, I think Bill Murray would work, and and you keep it in a, uh, you you keep it by not casting everyone so young. You sit there and look at Hollywood and say, you know, yeah. Every now and again, it's okay to cast someone who's over twenty five. <laughs> 
because you know they do uh, they do some good work. Yeah, I mean, some of them some of them win win Academy Awards. Stop suggesting Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart could be fun in it, but but the problem is with Kevin Hart is that um, there's a there's a dying early joke there. Yeah. Um, that would be a little too cliche, but uh, I don't know. It could be fun. I don't know. I just I kind of like the idea of having somebody else who's an older actor. Adrian Barbeau. <gasps> oh, <laughs> that would be fun because she'd be the genre savvy one. Yeah, she'd be the one looking at them and going, "It's the end of the world, folks. Have yep. you not seen any of my films?" Yeah. <laughs> oh. So they play themselves. Yeah, I like this. All right. So and you don't understand a single word that Keith Richards says the entire film. Right, right. <laughs> Everyone else does. They all understand him, but the audience doesn't. Yeah. It's like Chewbacca. Well, it's like or that scene in The Usual Suspects when, you know... <laughs> Or, or Dustin, Dustin Hoffman as Mumbles in the Dick Tracy movie. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that would, that's, that, this has potential. It does. This it has really potential. Does. It could be, a, it, it could be a, a, another Shaun of the Dead film. I think, I think that have there's... Have Simon uh, Pegg uh, write it. But and, with the machine apocalypse, because again, we have to keep, we have sure, to keep right. the, the right machines because... Right. Now, now, would you? Got the experience with that with Agents of Shield. She's fought AI before. Yeah. Would you have villains? I mean, you're you're generic AI, but you have somebody, somebody running it. I mean, you've got I four, think, four horsemen of the apocalypse. Reveal, I think he would reveal that some of the best known and best beloved Hollywood actors are secretly machines that have been pretending to be human all this time. Mm. And you would cast a bunch of comedians in those roles. So you would have funny evil AI. Sure. In fact, if you really wanted to muck with it, you get James Spader (laughs) to play... The evil AI disguise who's been disguising himself as James Spader all this time. Yeah. Oh, Snob's got a good good suggestion. Tom Cruise. I mean, Tom Cruise hasn't aged very much. Well, and all you have to do is look at the the way the man runs. Yeah. That's clearly not that's clearly yeah. not human movement. Right. Um, you can put Patton Oswalt there. Oh yeah, because again, that's the, there's an Agents of Shield joke in there too. Sure. For Ming, for Ming, that, that's that's the betrayal for Ming Na Wen. Not, not Her just, friend Patton Oswald is revealed to be. Yeah, but not just uh, not just Agents of Shield, but also Modoc. Because he's oh, playing. Oh no, he's, Jason! He's Jason, whoa, whoa, whoa. We, are, we are veering <laughs> dangerously close to the plot of the DC um, comic series that involved the Manhunters. Uh well, uh, yeah. Are we leaning too too far into it? We'll have to we'll have to look at it. Well, uh, that particular that particular series. Um, Snob is was, suggesting we crowdfund this idea. He likes it. I, I, there's, I, there's, we, there's definitely potential. some potential here. Um, the 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 Manhunter one didn't work out too well because they tried to play it seriously, and we are clearly not. Yeah. So, 
I wonder we if we could have, crowdfund we this as a comic book. Huh? We, we could crowdfund this as a comic book and do it as a charity, uh, a charity fundraiser. We get we get permission to use the likenesses for all of these all of these people and say it's for charity, and we do a, we do a comic book. I think this would this would be this could be a lot of fun. <laughs> and we'll get Rick Stacy to draw it. This could be a lot of fun. There's a lot. Uh, There's some uh, potential here. A lot of potential here, uh, <laughs> and quite frankly, um, folks, we're awfully clever. Uh, and uh, every now and again, we are reminded. I know it's easy to forget that we're awfully clever. We have we we're, we're really good at making it easy for you to forget that, but we really are. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, and on that note, since we're going to go out on a high note here. Uh, because because we're or it all goes wrong clever. again. <laughs> yeah. So well, see, and that, see, and that's you know, Snob mentions you know the likenesses could be too tough to get. That reminds me back in when I think DC had the license for Star Trek when they were doing when DC Comics was doing Star Trek. Uh, they brought Harry Mudd back, mm-hmm. but they couldn't make him look like Roger C. Carmel because they couldn't get the license. They couldn't get the rights to Carmel's likeness. So when you go and look at the return of Harry Mudd, it doesn't look like Roger C. Carmel. And Beamer's like, this doesn't look like Harry. It's because they couldn't make him look like Harry. So either you'd have the generic actors that, you know, kind of resemble nudge, nudge, wink, wink, Betty White, or you sit there and go, hey, Betty White. (laughs) Betty White would do it. She'd go for it. She'd be all on board with it, I think. We're going to have to look into this. This is, this is a fun idea now. All right. Okay, so on that note, we will head out. Thanks very much for, for being here, those of you in the chat. If you are catching this in replay, you can leave your comments. And uh, as always, anybody can send us an email anytime, h2o at sci-fi for me.com. Tomorrow night, we have a brand new salacious crumbs with uh, the latest star wars news 9 p.m eastern and then on thursday we have a new ranker pit also at 9 p.m eastern 8 central uh with a discussion of the latest star wars news and rumors and speculation there's all sorts of stuff there so uh so we'll be doing that on thursday and you are invited to join us there and uh, as always, we do invite you to subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. We lost quite a few over the weekend. I don't know if that's a YouTube shenanigans or they're just clearing out or people are tired of seeing us. But, you know, one of these days we'll get to 2,000. One of these days. One of these days. One of these days. All right. Thanks very much for being here, folks. We will be back to do this all again next week. Thanks, guys. Copyright 2021 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.